Hey guys, welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, last week on the show, we talked about the God-given value of good advice. And this week, I wanted to do something a little bit different and talk about advice that I would give to my younger self. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, I want to thank this week's sponsor. It's Words of Hope. This episode is brought to you by Words of Hope, which is a daily devotional podcast. Words of Hope brings a few minutes of comfort and hope into your day. Each episode includes a passage of scripture and a thoughtful reflection. And at only five minutes long, you can listen anytime and anywhere. Words of Hope is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it's a really good podcast, guys. It's a great way to start your day with just a little five-minute devotional. Cue that up in your podcast queue. Um, You know, a couple episodes ago, James Parker talked about how you can use Overcast to kind of have your preferred podcast. This is a great one to start the day with. It's just really short, gets you grounded in scripture. So yes, please check out Words of Hope. And I thank them again for sponsoring the last several episodes of the podcast. So I've been in a bit of a reflective mood lately. It's been very, very, very busy. Uh, which for me, which I think is the opposite um, of some folks, seems like you're kind of either on uh, one side or the other of that spectrum during this quarantine lockdown. You either have nothing to do or you have way too much to do. And uh, as I've been going through different things and when I've had a few moments to think, I've, I don't know, just feeling reflective. And especially in light of talking about the idea of advice from last week's episode And then earlier this week, I was listening to a podcast um, from three ladies that are um, programmers. They work in um, computer programming, and it was the Ladybug podcast. And I saw they titled one of their episodes, Advice to Our Past Selves, or something along those lines. And I thought that was a a clever and cute little uh, bit to do. And so I said, I'm stealing it, or borrowing it. And so... On this week's episode, I want to get a little bit personal, I suppose, and share some advice that I would give to my past self. And this kind of just concerns all areas of life. Um, so, so what are some things that I would have done differently if I could go back and tell myself, hey, don't do that? And what are some things that I'm really happy that um, I did not knowing uh, how great the result would be? And all of this is kind of given with with a grain of salt. I don't know how helpful this will be for some of you, so take it for what it's worth. And also just recognize that, you know, everything that happens to us in life ultimately is according to God's sovereign will and according to his uh, providence. He works things together in ways that we couldn't possibly plan. But um, there is wisdom And we are asked and we are told in scripture that we ought to walk in wisdom. You know, I was just thinking about this and I thought, what, what would I tell a younger version of me? What would I tell little Reagan, you know, maybe in in my teenage years, um, what would I go back and tell myself now, um, that would hopefully benefit me then. And then when I fast forwarded to now, or even later in life, I'd say, Wow, yeah, that led to some patterns, that led to some attitudes, that led to um, a general general sense of success in the Christian life and in my the rest of my life. I, I do feel that, um, you know, even now, I have, I've just been so blessed of the Lord in so many 
ways I could never have foreseen. And I do feel that I have enjoyed a great deal of success, both um, worldly and, and spiritually, not due to, you know, obviously I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just, I'm amazed that a guy like me who came from a home where my father died when I was just a little, little kid, and all of the ways that the Lord has guided my steps, where I, I could not have even 10 years ago imagined that I would have such an amazing job, that I'd have a home, that I'd be um, with my wife and have a child and at an amazing church. And, you know, there's just all these different things that I, I look back on and I think, man, how did I get here? What's that, what's that song? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, do you know what song I'm talking about? Another part of this that made me think this would be a worthwhile endeavor was I find that like the habits and the mindsets that I have that either hinder or I feel like have led to me um, when, when I am being more productive, those mindsets I think were largely established in my young life, especially my young adult life. You know, the tendencies towards laziness or the tendencies towards hard work. A lot of that were these deeply cut furrows that came about in my younger years. And now I am either reaping the benefits of good habits or the consequences of them. And so if I were to advise myself about uh, the younger version of me, if I was to give myself advice, a lot of it would have to do with the habits that I chose to indulge in as a young man. But anyway, let me get into them. I have, I've lifted, I've just kind of listed a bunch of different things that uh, I would tell the younger version of myself if I had the chance, if I had a time machine, and if time travel worked the way it works in some movies, wherein the things you did in the past do affect the present. There's different ways in sci-fi that they deal with time travel, so we'll go with that one. All right. So here's the first one. This is this is huge. I would tell little Reagan, get married young, have kids young. That's what I tell him. I would give him that piece of advice. I did get married relatively young. Um, I was 25. My wife was 21. And I am so glad, so, so glad in hindsight that we got married youngish. And I would honestly, you know, I do. I wish that we could have gotten married even younger. But problem was we didn't really know each other and, you know, so I would advise other people, younger people listening to this, if you have someone in your life that you're confident that you know you're going to get married, I would just tell you, that's my advice to you, get married. Don't wait. Don't wait a couple of years. Don't say, oh, one of us finishes this school or one of us gets this job. Just get married. Everything gets easier when you have a teammate and you're doing it together and, you know, enjoy the wife of your youth. Uh, and the other half of that, I said, had have kids younger. Um, I, the biggest blessing I have been enjoyed probably ever in my life, um, aside from salvation and, and my beautiful, wonderful wife is my son Watson. And it has just been this insane joy that I never, ever, ever in a million years would have guessed that I would love fatherhood this much. And, um, I just wish, and I, you know, I don't, I don't like, it doesn't eat me up inside. I don't regret this. this is in God's providence. This is just how it worked out that we weren't able to, uh, have a kid until now, but man, if I could advise my younger self, I would have told us to start trying sooner because kids are, are, as the Bible says, a blessing. They really are. Okay. So get married younger, have kids younger. <laughs> Uh, what else would I tell my, the younger version of myself? I would say, learn to code, bro. 
I see that online people will uh, use that. I don't know why. It's become like a meme almost where um, they, they tell someone like quit your job or, or, you know, just go ahead and lose your job and just learn to code or something. I, I don't actually completely get the meme. So you can tell that I am old. There's my old person bona fides. I don't understand a meme. But learn to code. I did learn to code when I was young. And I would encourage the younger version of me to do that. I got into web programming when I was just really, really young. We got a computer, um, there, uh, probably one of the first people on our block to have one. Um, we got the internet before a lot of my friends did. And I learned to build websites and things just on my own. And through Providence, I never really wanted to do web design or web development or anything along those lines, but it just kept coming up. Um, I, I, got a job with a company and helped put myself through college by doing web programming. Even though I was not in web programming, I was going to film school and I just happened to be developing this really valuable skill on the side and ended up doing freelance web development for years after that. And, uh, and then working, um, even what I do now is largely, it has nothing to do with the fact that I went to film school has to do with that. I learned this skill of programming and that is i'm just really glad for that so i would advise younger me stick with it i would say you know take it a little bit more seriously than maybe i did early on because it definitely has paid dividends and giving tons of opportunities um here's a, a negative one here's some advice i would give the younger version of myself little reagan little reagan don't play video games i know i'm controversial Look, I, I hated video games growing up. I'm not kidding you. I, I couldn't, I, I mean, I didn't hate them, but I didn't like them, okay? Like, uh, watching my brother or sister play Mario Brothers, or watch, I, like, I didn't mind. Like, I would hang out with my friend Scott and watch him play, um, like, Final Fantasy or something on the PlayStation, the first one. And I would just sit there. I didn't want to play. I, it was just fun to watch. But, dude, when they hooked up computer games to the internet... I never would have expected it, but I became obsessed with online video games like uh, First Person Quake and uh, the, those games later, like Counter-Strike to a lesser degree, and some of those games, if you know about those. Uh, something about that, dude, I just became literally obsessed with them. And there, there, hear me, there's nothing, I don't think there's something inherently wrong with video games. I have very... Um, uh, I don't know, I think a well-established, not well-established, I have a very complex view of video games, and it's actually a book project I've had shelved for a while, and I've gotten pretty deep into writing a book on video game addiction, because that was my problem. I became addicted to online video games. I could not stop myself, and I am still, I don't play video games anymore, I just, I made a rule for myself that i don't do any, I just don't play any. I don't put them on my phone. I don't own a video game console. I, anytime I've tried to dabble, I, I just fall into it again. There's something wrong with me. Video games are such a huge waste of time, little Reagan. They're massive waste of time. You are doing nothing. 
You're doing nothing when you're playing a video game. You say, oh, it's just entertainment. No, the problem with the video game is it makes you feel that you're accomplishing things. It makes you feel that you are progressing, that you are doing things, that you are producing. There is nothing more unproductive than playing a video game because all you're doing is moving fake numbers on a fake computer that are meaningless. And when that hard drive is erased, that video game is no longer, no one cares about anymore, and you're off the leaderboard or the stats or whatever it is you're doing, You'll have nothing, not even money to show for it. Waste of time, massive waste of time. And I, yeah, I would tell myself not to have played them because I think that uh, it, it just led to lots of missed opportunities and lots of really low, low productivity and encouraged laziness and other sins in me. So don't play video games. Okay, next, uh, advice to my younger self. I would tell myself... First, I said, don't play video games. And I'd say, don't play the Christian. What I mean by that is, yes, be a Christian. Um, Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Have your sins forgiven. uh, Be counted righteous in God's sight. And live for him in the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, boom, love being a Christian. This podcast is for Christians. I, yeah, I dig it. But playing the Christian, that don't do. I'm talking about hypocrisy. I grew up um, in the church, and you just kind of, I don't blame anybody but myself, my sin nature, is you look at what what the good Christians do, and you mimic them. And I was saved, I'm talking about even after I was saved, was playing at being a Christian instead of being sincere about my own struggles with sin or um, not uh, purposely kind of doing things in the Christian world that would give me um, recognition, right? For like, uh, for example, volunteering to, to pray in a public gathering so that people would look at me instead of, you know, because I wanted to serve the Lord. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about living like a hypocrite, hypocrite as a Christian, playing the Christian. Hypocrisy is misery. It is. It absolutely is. And uh, the, and this is, I think, I still struggle with this. I'm sure many people do, other Christians. Like, you, you want to look good. And in Christian circles, the way to look good is very clearly laid out for you. Act this way. But sincerity is so much better, friends. And one of the great benefits of being a Christian is being under grace. And the fact that not that you can sin so that grace may abound all the more, right? That's that's not right. And it's antinomianism. We don't want to do that. But being a Christian means that you can be honest about your sin and honest about your shortcomings and not um, try to build yourself up as some paragon of perfection. And I wish that um, I had understood how serious that was earlier on uh, because man, I tell you, it's, you know, I learned to do that young and it's easy to slip into that. It's easy to slip into being insincere um, and playing at a Christian instead of being uh, honest, right? And what that comes down to is it's being a man pleaser. It's someone who is less concerned with pleasing God, who is concerned about not just our, he is concerned about obedience, but also the place that our heart is in that obedience. Are we doing it for him or are we doing it for eye service to please men? And that is uh, a difficult thing that I, I still struggle with. And I wish I'd never learn how to fake being a Christian. Okay. Next, um, I would tell a younger version of me to ruthlessly exterminate laziness from your life, right? 
no mercy. Laziness is is like a weed, I think. And when you engage in sloth, you give into sloth and, you know, a little slumber, a little sleep, it says in the Proverbs, uh, you, you build this habit where your response to the, um, that, that desire, that temptation to put off a responsibility, when you embrace it over and over, it becomes easier to do. Um, let me try to say this a different way. Laziness is not, it, it, laziness doesn't mean like, you know, hanging out and eating a bowl of popcorn and watching a movie. That's not laziness. That's, that's recreation. That's relaxing. Like that's okay. Laziness is instead is, is avoiding responsibility and instead indulging your flesh somehow, whether it's, maybe it is watching the movie and, and eating popcorn, but what you're doing is you're avoiding responsibility. And that has been something that it it's, I see other people who were more ruthless in their younger years in avoiding laziness that are more quick to jump at their responsibilities, Right. And for me, sometimes it's this, this battle that I think is just the result of bad habits, of giving into laziness too soon. So I would say kill laziness, ruthlessly exterminate it, and do things right the first time. That's part of laziness too is, um, you know, I uh, like projects around the house, for example. I just cut some branches off of a tree that had, that had broken in the wind and they were hanging low and they were putting some strain on this tree in my backyard. And there was a really easy way that I could have done it and it would have taken care of the immediate problem, but led to more problems down the line. It took a lot more work and a lot more effort and planning to do it the right way and cut the branch the right way and take care of the rest of the tree to make sure that it was all okay. But I, and I, in my, in my flesh, I wanted to do the easy way and just be done with it. But I knew that doing it the right way the first time was going to be the better way, it would more honor the Lord, and it would make things better in the long run. Another thing I would tell that I would advise the younger version of myself is I would tell little Reagan to cultivate a big view of God. We do small things for a small God and we do big things for a big God. What I mean is if your perception of God is very, very small, then your fear of him is small, your respect for him is small, your desire to obey him is small, your love for him is small because he's a small God. And the uh, largeness of your service to him, your the intensity of your, your productivity and, and your, your desire to serve him well and in big ways, is small. So I would tell myself, cultivate a big view of God. And I think that in part that uh, the Lord was gracious to me and put good teachers in my path uh, as a young man that helped me to have a big view of God. Great books. Uh, I remember reading Knowledge of the Holy, uh, Charnock, The Existence and Attributes of God, uh, Calvin, um, The Institutes, The Christian Religion. Um, some of these big books that deal with with big, you know, showing God in his attributes and, and what a great God he is. Um, that you think, well, how is that related to success later on or, um, you know, being productive later in life? If you are a Christian and your product, good productivity for you is defined by how well you serve 
God in all of life, understanding, knowing who that God is, is absolutely of paramount importance to helping you to serve him and steward your life well for him. Yeah, you think like in the in the parable of the talents, right? These guys are given these different amounts of talents and told, you know, to to work the money and, and make a good return on it for when the master returns. And you remember like the third guy, the one who buried the money and made no return, and he uh you know gets in big trouble when master returns. He actually Part of uh, the problem with him is he he had a wrong view of the master. You remember this? The master comes back and he says, well, why didn't you at least like put it in the bank and then have some return on it? Why would you bury it? And he said, well, I knew that the master was a hard man, reaping where he does not sow and blah, 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 right? And he had this like really like messed up and contemptuous uh, assessment of his master's character. And that actually led to poor stewardship. And so good stewardship for the Christian begins by having a right view of God. And a right view of God is absolutely massive and expansive because God is massive and expansive. Well, now there I'm putting on my preaching voice there for a minute. But but seriously, like if you if you understand how great God is and how worthy of our worship and how worthy of our service, I don't know of a better pill to make you a more productive Christian than that. Know who God is. So read good books, study the scriptures, know him, cultivate a big view of God, little Reagan. <laughs> um, yeah, here's, an, here's another one. I just have two more. Um, I would advise a younger version of myself to realize that you'll never arrive in this life. Realize that you'll never arrive in this life. And what I mean is, I, I don't know where this attitude came from. I don't think anyone like deliberately taught it to me. But I've always had this weird mentality um, that I have to like be very deliberate to keep in check and say, no, that's not true. And, and it's this, I call it, uh, I made this up the other day. I was thinking about this mindset. I call it a terminal mindset. Okay? This is, this is a problem I've had throughout life. A terminal mindset. I just want to get through things so I can get to the end of them or arrive in some way. So this is true of even at like, um, I think a big one is, is speaking in public. So if I'm doing a, if I'm preaching or something, my, my mind is constantly on, not on the joy of studying the word, not on the joy of delivering it to God's people, not on the joy of getting to commune with God through the process. My mind, the whole thing that's driving me is I got to get through this because then I'll, I'll be done and I'll have, I'll have preached and I'll, and I can then relax again and it'll all be over with. Right. So I want to get to the ending. I want to get to the ending. And, um, I felt this very acutely in terms of sanctification where I know that sanctification in this life is progressive, that my quote unquote productivity in, in my sanctification is gradually going to get better throughout this life. But you don't in this world, you don't peak. You don't reach the pinnacle. You, you don't become glorified until after, um, you know, Christ is returned and, and we're all uh, resurrected. I'm not glorified. I'm not going to get to some level of perfection. And yet I think that if I can carve out the perfect, like, Bible study routine um, and, and the perfect amount of prayer every day, uh, and, and I can just lock in all these little dials exactly right, then I can just coast. Then, then my sanctification will just be easy. But that's not right. That's not an accurate way to think. That terminal mindset is just not true. You never really arrive. 
in this life. It's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be a battle. And you always have to just commit yourself to doing better. And and every morning, just waking up and, and in terms of sanctification, say, Lord, I give this day to you. And do with me what you will. And and, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get to a point where you don't need to do that. And the same is true of um, personal productivity or your work or um, or skill, like a, a mastery of a skill. Like that terminal mindset creeps in where I think, oh yeah, I, I think I'm probably like a, a decent expert in this subject now. And you know, I don't have to tell you guys who also work with computer programming, you it's that's a moving target. You know, if you if you try to rest on your laurels on saying, okay, I think I kind of understand the landscape now, you're going to be left behind in less than a year because things move so fast. New technology changes so much. And the things that worked last year are not going to be the best solutions this year. And so I would tell a younger version of myself, recognize you're never going to arrive in this life. Just keep striving forward day by day by day. And I'll finish with this one, which kind of follows up on that last one. Just keep learning as you go. I would tell a younger version of myself, just keep learning as you go. With family, with church, with work, with everything, it's it's just a process. You know, each day you strive to be a little bit more productive, make a little bit better gain, try to be a little bit more consistent in your habits and be a little bit more dependent on God. You know, it's, life is not uh, a series of massive epiphanies and breakthroughs. It's this slow plodding climb of each day trying to do a little bit better in God's strength for his glory and for your good. It's not glamorous. It's not glorious all the time. It's not a highlight reel or, um, you know, a montage from a film. It's just life. And there is a joy in that, and there is a satisfaction in every day waking up, seeking to serve the Lord, seeking to do all that you can uh, for His glory. And it's, <laughs> it's just not that complicated. You just keep going. Just keep being faithful, steady and faithful. So those are the things I wrote down. Those are some advice I would give to a younger version of myself. And I don't know if some of that resonates with some of you. I hope that in some way that was helpful. This episode's been a little bit self-serving, but I thought it would be fun to share a little bit more about myself with you. And also, I, I just thought maybe there'd be some runoff from some of those things that could jog some thinking in your minds as well. Well, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can write to me at reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. Or you can meet me on social media. I would love to hear uh, if you would be willing to share with me some advice that you would give the younger version of yourself. And again, this isn't about regret or trying to, you know, glory in like good decisions we've made or something. It's really about giving glory to God and also just about kind of learning um, from our past and trying to keep those things in mind as we seek to grow each day. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I will see you again here next week. And uh, please do check out my Patreon if you're interested at all in supporting the show. It uh, is at patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And do, yes, check out this week's sponsor, Words of Hope. You can just look them up 
on your podcast app and give them a subscribe, a subscribe. <laughs> and yeah, please do that. All right. I'll see you guys again soon. But until I do, remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.